Well, welcome to another edition of the Bottom Line Show. Roger Marsh here checking in for you on this Wednesday, first Wednesday of October, and it's Everyone Wins Day. And boy, do we have a great resource for you to win. And I mean a great resource. Uh, Rabbi Jason Sobel is going to join me later on this hour. We're going to talk about his brand new book called Signs and Secrets of the Messiah and some of the things that are literally hiding in plain sight here in the culture and have been around for many, many years that we now um, are getting to see that not only is God performing these miracles for the benefit of you know his the redemption of creation but also so that we get to know him better he has a brand new book on the subject and we've got a lot of them to give away i think like four copies still it's everyone wednesday 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line and well you know, like i said we got four copies of the book to give away so as long as you'll be patient with us to get all of our materials sent out to you, then we'll do that. You know, it's interesting how many uh, Americans in particular are really enamored with law and order programs. Good guy, bad guy, cop and robber, you know, all those different things. Those shows have been so popular. I mean, think about the law and order franchise. I think it was on NBC. Maybe it's on cable now. I'm not sure. I haven't seen it in years. But there were all the different law and order shows, law and order, law and order, special victims, law and order, New York, law and order, wherever. And then you had the uh, CSI, crime scene investigations. And the first one wasn't originally like in D.C. area or New York or whatever. And then they had CSI Miami and CSI New Orleans. And then there was NCIS. We just love as a culture. We love cop and robber shows. And I think I find it very interesting. Um, and it also reminds us of, as Christians, why these things are so important to us. First and foremost, God has created, I mean, there's right and wrong in the world. There's good and there's evil. And God is all good. The reason we need a savior is because we can't dwell in the presence of the Lord in our current terminal state. There is no way when you sin against an infinite God that your sin does not count infinitely against you and me. And we don't have the resources to pay that infinite debt so here comes jesus also god fully god and fully man and says look fully god part of me understands that the fully man part has to somehow sacrifice some way and then you see what uh, the original sacrifice was for repentance and the uh, forgiveness of sin the offering of animals on uh, the altar and blood on doorposts and and eventually when the passover lamb ceremony shows up and jesus is 33 years of age he enters jerusalem and says look we're, this is the last time you're going to do the passover thing this way because i am now the passover lamb my blood will be on the doorpost of your homes and more specifically on your hearts and my blood will pay the penalty for your sin and it's interesting because i know there's a big discussion in the protestant church versus the catholic church right now with regard to is god just and merciful you know and the Protestant view, of course, is that the blood of Christ pays the penalty for our sin, substitutionary atonement. There you have it. There's nothing you can do to earn forgiveness or merit favor with God. But you will respond to that calling by joining the brothers and sisters of Christ. We don't have to go on the cross, but we join in the, in the communion of, uh, of baptism where Jesus meets us in the water. Submerged, old man goes underwater, new man comes up washed clean of sin. And then there's the Eucharist, the body of Christ, the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We eat of his body, we drink of his blood. 
and we participate in that because we are part of the body of Christ. If anybody else takes communion, it really doesn't have any meaning to them. You know, you can, you can eat bread and drink wine all day long. It doesn't really matter. But I, I'm reminded of the fact that the, the Catholic position being, wait a minute, okay, we have to pay some kind of penance when we sin against God. And the, and the evangelical or Protestant position saying, well, no, we can't really pay a penance because there's nothing we could do that would ever come close. And besides, if the blood of Jesus pays the penalty for our sin and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. So it's, it's a very interesting, it's kind of a nuanced you know, discussion back and forth, but I think it's a healthy one because there are those who would claim to be evangelical Christians who say, well, Jesus paid the penalty for my sin, so that gives me license to sin because I know he's always going to take me back. And there are those in the Catholic Church, I'm sure, who say, wait a minute, I could never you know, do enough to pay my penalty. And they're constantly in this state of, I'm going to lose my salvation, what am I going to do? I, one false move and that type of thing. There's no assurance. So, but, but nonetheless, it all stems from this law and order, good guy, bad guy situation. The fact that we have hardwired into us God's natural law, which says God is just, God is holy. There is a standard for right and wrong, and it's him. And we read about it in his perfect and holy word. But the, it's interesting because in the culture, there's still that desire for right and wrong. The difference is, is it a shifting standard? And it appears to be, especially on the progressive side. Yes, it is. But then also, not only is it a shifting standard, but then how is justice meted out? I mean, a lot of people, it's very interesting to me when I see the number of people, especially of the Anglo persuasion, um, kind of conservative Christian right-wing types, looking at the sentencing that's being handed down for the people who stormed the White House uh, or the uh, Capitol building on January 6, 2021. They're saying, well, that's not right. I mean, the, the, these sentences are outrageous. Look at the people who are uh, BLM activists who were burning down cities and throwing Molotov cocktails and those kind of uh, quick-dry cement Starbucks cups at people, and they weren't even getting arrested. And yet the, uh, the, those who are, uh, you know, in the January 6th world are getting 5, 10, 15. One, one guy just got 22 years in prison for trespassing. Well, on the one side, you could say, well, the argument, why are these guys getting tougher sentences well because in the case of the blm activists for example they're uh picketing city hall in the city of portland whereas the january 6th rioters were storming the actual federal government shouldn't that be a a tougher penalty I, and again i don't know the legal side of that i don't know um i would also be willing to venture a guess that there are a lot of people of the african-american and hispanic persuasion who are watching people of the caucasian think saying this isn't right these sentences aren't fair and they're going really tell me about that Tell me what it's like to get stopped by a police officer for no reason. Or maybe you get stopped for a reason. And if you have the right skin tone, the right ethnicity, you get a slap on the wrist, as they would say, a smile and a wave and a see you later. Whereas if you are of a different, you know, darker persuasion, you are pants on the hood of the car. True story. Pastor friend of mine, Cedric Brown, pastors a church in uh, New Jersey, and it's, a, it's an intentionally multicultural, multi-ethnic church. Cedric grew up in Compton and went to school here in L.A., uh, wound up getting a full-ride scholarship to Washington State, played football there for four years, wound up getting drafted. He played with the Philadelphia Eagles and had a professional career, uh, became a Christian, and then went into the pastorate. Uh, 
And he was on the air with me one day. We were talking about, uh, it was some racial tension thing that happened. And so Cedric and I wound up doing a couple hours together, taking calls and just talking about, you know, what it was like. And he was describing that whole driving while black thing because we're about the same age. And since I was born in East Whittier and then moved to Orange County when I was seven, um, you know, but coming from the Anglo persuasion, my mom's got some Hispanic on her side. Um, but other than that, you know, we're the white kids, right? And so he asked me, he said, you ever been pulled over by a cop? And I said, well, I was talking about one time when I was 13, I was riding my bike and I made an illegal turn because I was trying to get out of the way and a cop pulled me over and explained to me what I did and, and let me go. He said, you know, I remember being 16, just gotten my license. It was a summer day. And a buddy and I, mine and I were driving through an area of town that apparently two black kids weren't supposed to go through. And a cop pulled us over, uh, had us get out of the car and had us put our hands on the hood of the car while they checked our licenses and ran it back with the computer back in whatever. I said, didn't that hurt? He goes, absolutely it hurt. But every time we would pull our hands off the car, they'd say, hey, put your hands back on the hood of the car. And I went, wow, that's, <laughs> that's wild. I can't believe that something like that would happen. But then that shows my naivete. Happens all the time. And not just in LA, it happens all over the country. So, I mean, it's interesting how... We look at this, you know, there's a double standard in the law and this, that. Well, in, in human law, of course, there's going to be a double standard. People are human. Isn't it nice to know and encouraging that God's law is perfect and it's created for the sanctification of his children? But he allows us a temporal government for the here and now that gives us an opportunity just to make sure that we don't mess things up. You know, people would run red lights. They would run traffic stops. They, people would steal from each other if they didn't have the law. But oftentimes, too, we can get carried away with the way we handle the law. And I, I, just, I, I just wanted to share this story with you about a town in East Texas called Coffee City. It's actually a town, Coffee City. It's not a, a, a restaurant or anything like that. Um, Coffee City, Texas is under fire right now because the chief of police was recently terminated. The reason that the chief of police was terminated was because it was determined that they had too many police, that they were um, um, over-policing the area and writing too many tickets and too many fines. How many, you ask? Well, let me... Give an example. This is a report from KHOU, so I'm assuming Coffee City is somewhere. Well, East Texas, it may be near Houston. Coffee City has 50 police officers patrolling the streets. Okay. Coffee City, according to one local reporter, has two liquor stores, a couple of dollar stores, a pizza joint, and a motel. Oh, three hours north of Houston. But apparently, Coffee City has a bit of a reputation for over-policing. 50 police officers, I told you. Guess what the population of Coffee City is? 250 people live in Coffee City, and they have a town of 50 police officers and a police chief. In 2022, remember, there are 250 people who live in Coffee City, Texas. In 2022, the police department there issued 5,100 tickets. Citations totaling more than a million dollars. <laughs> I'm only laughing because it just, uh, it sounds ridiculous. 
under Texas Commission of Law Enforcement record standards, Coffee City should have 10 cops for 250 people. And even that sounds like a lot. But basically, uh, they went ahead and did an investigation, and uh, the Coffee City Council got the report. It took them a grand total of 15 minutes to fire their police chief. And then basically what they did, you want to talk about defunding the police? They scrapped the whole police department. And they said, well, we better start all over again. Now, this is one defund the police movement I can totally get behind. 250 people in the town, 50 police officers. A million dollars in fine, over 5,000 tickets written. You're making up stuff at that point. But please understand that we're going to see over-policing and under-policing and laws that are too strict and draconian and laws that aren't just and fair in this world. And it's only going to get worse until the Lord returns. But when you consider the miracles of Jesus that you see in Scripture, we begin to understand the truths and the power behind these miracles that God has performed. It's very encouraging how Jesus takes the ordinary and turns it into something extraordinary. Rabbi Jason Sobel is going to join me on the other side of this break. We're going to talk about his brand new book called Signs and Secrets of the Messiah. This is a book that's going to give us a fresh look at the miracles of Jesus and help us to see against the backdrop of this over-policed, over-populated planet that we are living in right now what God is really up to and how these miracles still speak to us even today. We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Question that a lot of people have been asking recently is about miracles. Are you, or maybe someone you love, looking for some kind of divine intervention that only God can provide? Well, guess what? There's good news, uh, especially when you take a look at maybe a fresh look or a first-time look at the miracles of Jesus. And joining me today here on The Bottom Line Show is Rabbi Jason Sobel. He's got a brand new book out on this topic, and literally brand new book, called Signs and Secrets of the Messiah, A Fresh Look at the Miracles of Jesus. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Rabbi Jason Sobel, welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. Shalom. It's great to be back with you. Thank you for having me. Good to have you here. Of course, uh, Jason Sobel, the founder of Fusion Global, uh, which is a ministry that seeks to bring people into the full inheritance of faith by connecting treasures of the old and the new. And this is a guy, of course, too, we've had many conversations on a variety of different topics, including, are you working right now on season four of The Chosen? Where, how far are they in production of that? I know you've been an advisor at least yeah. for the first couple of seasons. Talk yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. St still, still an advisor. It's uh, 
it's it's coming along and and making progress and yeah i'm excited they're going to be doing the chosen con this fall really oh my gosh in doubt in in dallas uh-huh so there for that in october so yeah lots of exciting things going on excellent with the chosen Excellent. Well, this new book looks fascinating, especially because of the fact that a lot of people kind of fall into one of two categories. Either there are miracles that happen to certain people, and I want to be one of them, or there are miracles that happen to certain people, and I'll never be one of them. <laughs> Talk <laughs> about why it's important for us to take a fresh look. I know you've covered some of this material before, but this is a, a new updated look at the signs and secrets of the Messiah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we get into a lot of miracles and things that we haven't talked about anywhere else but i think part of the significance of it is that you know we live in a time where i think people are looking for hope you know i think there's a lot going on in the world today that can create fear and anxiety and i think every miracle that jesus performed was meant to not just be for that person who experienced it, but had contained a promise for each one of us. Because what, you know, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And and the Bible was written for generations, for everyone to read it. And so since God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, his miracles are a testimony to us. And what's interesting about the word testimony in Hebrew is that it comes from the root word in Hebrew, ayin dalit, which also means again. So mm. testimony is something that God wants to do again and again and again. Yes. And so when we hear about it, a testimony is meant to elicit faith and hope and expectation in our hearts. Mm. And that's what I hope this book does, as well as you know, helps give people uh, a deeper, high-definition look at the person and work of Jesus. Rabbi Jason Sobel with me today here on The Bottom Line in this new book we're talking about is called Signs and Secrets of the Messiah, A Fresh Look at the Miracles of Jesus. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. The different categories of miracles that Jesus performed. I mean, there's so many different ways we, we think of the miraculous things he did, and some of them involved healing. Some of them involved transformation. Some of them involved multiplication. I mean, he's very, very multifaceted in the way he uh, chose to act in the miraculous. And yet, for those of us who are listening and saying, "Well, wait, he's you know he's he's transcended upon, above everything. You know, omniscient, omnipresent. Uh, is it really that miraculous that he did it?" The miracles, of course, are for our benefit. I mean, as far as the the miraculous part, talk about the the transformative part of the the signs and secrets of Jesus. When we see a miracle that Jesus did that literally led to a transformation. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, one of uh, you know, I mean, obviously, the first miracle we talk about in the book is the miracle of transformation, which was the miracle of the turning the water into wine. Right. Everything had run out. Jesus' mom comes to him and says, can you please do something? And, you know, part of the beauty of that miracle is he takes something very ordinary like water and transforms it into something very extraordinary, wine. And it's a symbol of what God wants to do with our lives. He takes people, he takes things that are ordinary, but when his hand touches us, it transforms us 
into something extraordinary. Mm. I think about often how many times people who have said, I've experienced a miracle, they'll experience some kind of healing and it brings a certain measure of wholeness to maybe a certain part of their lives or maybe a physical healing or transformation. Talk about the the, the science and secrets of, of, of wholeness that you write about in this book, because I think it's important for us to really appreciate what God is doing in these actions. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's important. Like, these miracles happen, I'd say, in four general categories. Okay. There's there's uh, spiritual, there's inner emotional, there is uh, relational, and there's physical. Mm. And wholeness is ultimately being whole on those four levels that God right. wants to do in our life. When we talk about the secret of wholeness in the context of John chapter 4, this uh the royal official comes to jesus in cana so he asks you know can you help my son he's sick and you know jesus does this miracle at the seventh hour the interesting thing about the seventh hour if there's a detail there it's there for a reason in jewish tradition the seventh hour is the time that god blew the breath into the first man and woman mm. Seven is also biblically the number of wholeness, the number of completion, the number of perfection. God finishes the world in on the seventh day. Right. It's the number of rest. We rest on the seventh day. It's the number of uh, it's a number connected to a number of different important things. And he does this because Yeshua comes to bring complete healing and wholeness and the interesting thing about that is the word for sickness in Hebrew literally means to bore out or to make hollow. Hmm. Sickness happens on an emotional or relational or physical or spiritual level when there's something that is not there that should be. And the key is inviting God to come in and to fill that space and to make us whole. And wholeness is a key part of healing in our lives. You know, it's amazing, Rabbi Jason Sobel, as we're talking about your new book, Signs and Secrets of the Messiah, a fresh look at the miracles of Jesus, as you talked about that, that wholeness there, and the uh, the, the hollowing out of what, you know, happens in terms of uh, the, the sickness. I, I'm, I'm impressed with the fact that uh, we're picking up some some of the original, the Hebrew language here, that's helping us to understand what, in fact, the Lord is is doing. And I think if I have a proper definition of shalom, isn't that kind of the same type of wholeness concept, where it is you have this peace? You have this absolutely. peace. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It comes from, it's connected to the word shalom, which means to be whole. So shalom is like nothing missing, uh, nothing broken. But the reality is that Every one of us have holes in our souls, right. holes in our relationship. These holes create vacuums. The question is, what do we fill that space with, right? God created the world and there was a vacuum. And, and that vacuum, there was chaos be before God filled it with his light and filled it with his goodness. And so if we don't fill those places with the right things, with the things that God calls good, it creates chaos. Oftentimes, mm. we fill that vacuum with food or codependent relationships or money or right. power or unhealthy, other unhealthy things. And so God wants to take us from being holy, H-O-L-E-Y, to being holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y. Mm. Just one other interesting thing about that yeah. is that 
the word for secular also comes from the same root for sickness. Mm. A society, we talk about this in the book, a society becomes sick when we take God out, when we remove yes. God, when we remove the spiritual, when we move the moral foundations, the biblical truths, that's what leads to a sick society. And there's one letter difference between exile and redemption in Hebrew. It's the letter Aleph, the letter that represents God. When you take God out, it's disconnection, it's distance, it's sickness, it's hollow, it's vacuum. And we have to, again, fill it with the good and fill it with God to find healing in wholeness. I'm loving this kind of a graduate level Hebrew class we're getting <laughs> in a very practical sense with Rabbi Jason Sobel today here on The Bottom Line. His brand new book is called Signs and Secrets of the Messiah, A Fresh Look at the Miracles of Jesus. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. More of this conversation in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome back to this Everyone Wednesday edition of The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Rabbi Jason Sobel is my guest today here on the program, and we're talking about his brand new book called Signs and Secrets of the Messiah, A Fresh Look at the Miracles of Jesus. We have not one, not two, not three, but four copies of this book to give away here on Everyone Wednesday, and I would love to place one into your hands. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, the brand new book by Rabbi Jason Sobel is called Signs and Secrets. Uh, if you liked the Mysteries of the Messiah book, you're going to love Signs and Secrets of the Messiah. The fact that you could see that uh, for as a Christian, if you feel like you're wandering aimlessly in this world right now, you can experience abundant life and even healing from the things that are holding you down. Signs and Seekers of the Messiah, A Fresh Look at the Miracles of Jesus by Rabbi Jason Sobel is up at thebottomlineshow.com and we're giving away copies today here on Everyone Wednesday. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. When you were in an accident, Stephanie Cover of Cover Law is the only personal injury attorney you need. Stephanie talks to victims all the time who wish they would have signed with her first. Unfortunately, once you've signed a retainer with a different attorney, Stephanie can't represent you. So it's crucial to have Stephanie's number handy now and make the smart call the first time. Stephanie is the right attorney to represent your personal injury claim, specifically because she worked for insurance companies for 20 years, so she knows the best questions to ask and when. Stephanie knows when things don't sound accurate, and she knows when she's being deceived. Stephanie is a Christian, and telling the truth is vital, so she holds professionals to that standard, too. Stephanie's unique blend of skill, expertise, and compassion get you real results. Bookmark Stephanie's website now so you don't have regrets, and pass it on to your friends and relatives who will need it. Just go to kbrightradio.com slash cover today to set up a free consultation. That's kbrightradio.com slash c-o-v-e-r. Rabbi Jason Sobel is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. His brand new book is called Signs and Secrets of the Messiah, A Fresh Look at the Miracles of Jesus. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Rabbi Sobel is the founder of Fusion Global, which is a ministry that uh, brings people literally connecting the old and the new. And uh, this is a guy who, uh, with his background from Moody Bible Institute of Bachelors in Jewish Studies and Southeastern Seminary, his master's in intercultural studies, uh, we appreciate the the books that he has written, the way that he takes uh, biblical truth and uh, and parses it down into ways that make it, uh, I'll say, simple to understand, not necessarily easy 
but I mean, you you put it in such a way that uh, that it makes it easier for easier for us to understand. We're talking about these signs and secrets of Jesus. Fresh look at his miracles, and oftentimes there are some miracles we take for granted. And if we want to be honest, there are certain parts of the ministry of Jesus that, quite frankly, I think uh, Stuart, the the late Stuart Briscoe, used to say, wind up on the cleaner pages of our Bibles. You know, we're not, we're not taking notes, we're not highlighting that stuff. We just kind of look at it and go, okay. Um, there's uh, the the miraculous catch of Jesus of the disciples um, that comes up at, for a lot of people is yeah they're fishermen yeah they went back to fishing they caught 153 different varieties what does that mean can you help us unpack that a little bit yeah absolutely I think this is one of the most significant miracles for the time you know we're living in the disciples are fishing all night it's after the death of Jesus after Peter denied the Lord and. Uh, they catch nothing. They're fishing in the dark. I mean, it's traditional to fish in the dark, but there's a deeper meaning there. What's interesting here is that the word for fish in Hebrew, dog, is also the root for the word fear and anxiety. Hmm. The reasons why the disciples were not catching anything is that they were fishing from a place of fear and anxiety. Interesting. So many of us wrestle with that, you know, because of everything that happens in the world. And so if we live from fear and anxiety, our nets are going to be left empty. Mm. Peter had a lot of fear and anxiety because he just denied the Lord three times. He probably right. Hey, right. the Lord's not going to use me, right? I, I, I totally blew it. But then here comes Jesus and he says to him, throw the net again, this time on the right side of the boat. Well, the right side in Jewish thought is associated with loving kindness. It's associated with God's word. It's associated with unity. Listen, when we live from the nets left, our, our nets are going to be left empty. That's not a political statement right? Right. from fire and judgment and fear. But when we live from a place of love and unity, that's what fills our nets. And we need to make sure we're living in that in that place. And then 153 fish. Why is that important? Hebrews alphanumeric, that means you write letters with numbers. There's no Roman numerals in the Bible. Mm -hmm. So every word has a numerical value. Well, 153 is a numerical value of the phrase in Hebrew, in Elohim, I am God. It's a numerical phrase of, uh, I am the Lord, your Redeemer in Hebrew, and the Lord of glory equals 153. And so by doing this miracle, Jesus was showing them, I am God. I am your redeemer. I am the promised messianic king of glory. I have power over creation. I have power over your life. Don't worry about your situations and circumstances. I can step in and do something significant with them. Yeah. And I, I love the, 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 the imagery. I love the, the, the symbolism and the fact that God is uh, dare I say playful, Jason Sobel? I mean, in terms of saying, I'm going to hide this over here. I'm going to put this over here. I mean, it literally is the the glory of God to uh, to find something that God has hidden. And and as you help us mine these the depths of these miracles of Jesus in this brand new book, uh, we can't help but be blessed. The book is called Signs and Secrets of the Messiah, A Fresh Look at the Miracles of Jesus. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Okay, let's stay with fish and fishing and food for just a moment here. Um, there's the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, which a lot of people have debated what, you know, it was played out in the chosen, you know, how do, how do we do this, you know, in terms of making it look like five loaves and two fish are actually going to feed all these people. There's something more in this miracle than what we're seeing, just that I'm glad everyone got dinner and didn't riot the local town, you know, when they got there, help us understand why that miracle was so important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
one of the major themes of the Gospels is to show Jesus as the promised Messiah. In fact, John says that's the reason why he wrote this Gospel, that you might believe Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. Well, from a Jewish understanding, the context it was and it was written in, the Messiah was going to be a greater than Moses, right? He was going to do Moses-like signs, okay? So think about it for a moment. Moses parted the waters, the Red Sea. Jesus walked upon the water. Moses gave manna from heaven. And what does Jesus do? He multiplies the bread and the fish to show that he is the greater than Moses, What's interesting is that mana has the numerical value of 90 in Hebrew, lamb has the numerical value of 90, and king has the numerical value of 90. So him doing this mana-like miracle 90 pointed to him as the lamb 90 and as the messianic king 90, the greater than Moses, who is able to take the little that we have when we, tr when we have trust and we give it to him, he's able to take our little and transform it into a lot even to the point there's leftovers, which was greater than the mana, only the uh, the exact amount you needed, but Jesus does it and there's leftovers. Boy, I, you know, I never, I, how many years have I been studying that story and never made the connection between the mana was just for those days and you know, woe to the person who tried to collect extra, you know, it wasn't going to happen. They went on the seventh day. There wasn't anything there, but the fact that there were leftovers is really significant. And the, the, and, and, from what I read and understand, it was the perfect amount to provide a meal for each of the disciples. It wasn't a massive amount of leftovers. It was it was enough. I mean, and that's it's just it's a miracle. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so, it's give us this day our daily bread. And yeah. he's not just proclaiming the message of the kingdom. He's demonstrating the reality of the kingdom that shows his message is true and that he is who he says he is. And. You know, what's incredible is that, you know, God's God still does these things in our lives today. You know, I'll never forget we had a one of our first ministry events. We didn't think a lot of people were going to show up, and too many people showed up. And <laughs> we didn't have enough food. I prayed over the food. God multiplied this like the bread and the fish. And not only was there enough food, we have leftovers. You know, I love it. But God is still it. in the business of surprising us. I, I thought that was great. You didn't have to pray that a little boy would show up with five loaves and two fish, <laughs> just in case you needed some spares. Uh, Rabbi Jason Sobel, always great to talk with him. Brand new book is called Signs and Secrets of the Messiah, A Fresh Look at the Miracle of Jesus, which is up at thebottomlineshow.com and just now out. Uh, Jason, got a couple minutes left in our time together. And there are people who, when you mention the miracles of Jesus, the first thing they think of is that faith healer on TV. They think of that charlatan type of person who said, send me a thousand dollars and I'll turn it into a million or you know whatever it is. And that is kind of lifted up as miraculous. The question that you pose at the end of the book, I think is one that's worth us taking a couple minutes to unpack. And that is, is it possible to see the Lord doing miracles through us today? You know, I would say absolutely yes. And I think the foundation of that is understanding what Jesus said. He said, greater things than these mm. you will do. I don't think that was just for the apostles. I think it's for all of us. You know, I'll never forget when I first came to faith in Jesus I got a call from a homeless man in the hospital that had frostbite. He said, would you come and see me? I went and I prayed for him and, you know, God healed his legs. He came to faith and he walked out of the hospital. Wow. Later, Listen, he does these miracles. It's not about the miracles. 
the miracles are signs, right? It's like when you're driving down the highway, you see a sign, you see a billboard, right? It's the billboard is pointing to something. All these things are meant to point us back to Jesus, to have thankfulness and to love him and to deepen our faith. And I believe that we can oper- we, we can see God doesn't always do miracles, but when Jesus died and resurrected, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God broke into this world and is now a reality for us. And therefore, mm-hmm. we need to have the faith to believe that God can do it, even though he doesn't always do it, but to have the faith to believe that he can do it. And just taking the time to pray for someone and to ask God to work in the life, that in itself can be healing and bring wholeness that someone actually took the time to care. Mm-hmm. Amen, amen, amen. What a great word of encouragement and exhortation from Rabbi Jason Sobel today here on The Bottom Line. His brand new book is just now out. It's called Signs and Secrets of the Messiah, A Fresh Look at the Miracles of Jesus. We've got it linked up at thebottomlineshow.com. Jason, always a pleasure. I know you're a busy guy, so thanks for making time in your schedule for us to be here on The Bottom Line today. Really appreciate it. Oh, it's always a blessing to be with you. Shalom, shalom. Well, it's always great catching up with Rabbi Jason Sobel and especially to have him here on Everyone Wednesday. By the way, if you are listening to this on Terrestrial Radio or on our audio podcast, uh, Rabbi Jason's always very good to give us Zoom material as well. And so he and I Zoomed that conversation you just heard, and it's up at myhopenow.com or will be at the end of the program today. Signs and Secrets of the Messiah, A Fresh Look at the Miracles of Jesus by Rabbi Jason Sobel. That's the book we're giving away today here on Everyone Wednesday. Well, that's one of two, actually. We have four copies of this book to give away. would love to place one in your hands right now. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, we have four copies of the book, Signs and Secrets of the Messiah, A Fresh Look at the Miracles of Jesus by Rabbi Jason Sobel. 800-227-5278. is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Okay, on the other side of this break, we're going to get into a story that is a little left of center in some respects, but in other respects, it's perfect story for the sign of the times that we're living in. You may be familiar with this whole concept of what is called cryptocurrency, the Bitcoin phenomenon, uh, the digital money, if you will, Uh, It's kind of an extension of a lot of the payment plans that people have already gotten used to using their phones and apps and uh, using PayPal, Venmo, et cetera, et cetera. But what would happen if you ever went to a bank to make a withdrawal or to make a deposit and you had some cash, maybe cash from a business or a gift or whatever it was, um, and you made payment? Or I know the other day Lisa and I were out at the ball field Uh, with one of the grandkids and uh, there were some folks there that were uh, selling uh, refreshments it was a hot afternoon and they were they they were taking paypal and venmo they said we still accept cash and lisa had a buck and quarters in her purse and so they went oh you guys are going old school said yeah yeah we are but as we see this crypto technology coming what would happen if you went to the bank and said well i need to get some cash and you walked into the bank and they said sorry we're no longer using cash wouldn't that feel a little apocalyptic to you, I know it would to me. Well, it's happening in a major nation in the Western world. And I'm just going to share the ominous facts about what's going on with this cryptocurrency digital revolution as not so much uh, we have to stop this from happening, but Jesus said, pay attention and beware of the signs of the times. 
That story is coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome back to this special edition of The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. It's Everyone Wednesday, and my thanks again to Rabbi Jason Sobel for joining me on the program today to talk about his brand-new book called Signs and Secrets of the Messiah, A Fresh Look at the Miracles of Jesus. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we have not one, not two, not three, but four copies of this book to give away. And we're just getting warmed up because coming up in the last half hour of the program, another resource to share with you. 800-227-5278. is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Give us a call. We'd love to send the book to you. Now, it's interesting to see how over the past decade or so, this whole phenomenon of cryptocurrency has really taken hold in certain places. I'll tell you a story about how fast this has all happened. In about this time, 2006, I had been part of a writing team with our friends at the Ministry of Homeward and Steve Arterburn, New Life Ministries. We were writing a book on internet safety because MySpace had been the big thing and it just sold to the Fox News Corporation for like $900 million. And it was just, it was, everybody was concerned about how kids might be harmed using social media. Facebook had just started to launch. The first iPhones were just coming out. YouTube had just been purchased by Google. It was still kind of a brave new world, as it were. I did a chapter in the book on digital, or well, uh, video gaming and how it had moved online and the massively uh, multiplayer online gaming system um, ha- had become the, the standard. And there was one or uh, one company, and I don't remember which country it was in off the top of my head. I'll have to go back and it's been a while since I looked at that book. But it was actually, I thought it was fascinating because it was the first, I, I read back on this now and it almost seems a little naive and embarrassing, but I wrote, there's a company that runs a video game where they have a, a cooperative with a bank where it was like in Israel or something like that, where players can play they can earn points and they can earn rewards for the game like you would stars or you know the 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 different upgrades but this actually let you cash out and you would register a like a debit card type of transactional thing and you could play the game it would be credited to your account and then you could hit any of their atms pump the card in and take actual cash that you want from a video game and i thought this is amazing i can't (laughs) well you think how much e-commerce we do now But at the time, it was revolutionary, 2006, 2007. And, uh, you know, many people began to say this is the beginning of the end. You know, cash is going to be gone because we we will be on this digital currency. And everyone who has been of the mind that the digital currency was going to be somehow bad, uh, we're making that connection with the mark of the beast, of course. You, you wouldn't be able to buy or sell. You wouldn't be able to do transactions if you didn't have the mark embedded in your wrist or your forehead or you know wherever it was going to be. And we've gotten to that point. There are companies that are offering microchips instead of having to wear the lanyard with all your company information on it. There are nations that have proposed a digital blueprint. Was it Whole Foods now is doing face scans and hand scans and things of that nature. I mean, we've been moving in this direction for quite some time. But the biggest component part of it that I found interesting was that the banking system was still operating on a cash basis. And there were all sorts of digital conveniences that were based on the fact that you were taking physical checks, depositing them into your accounts, or taking cash, putting it in and out. But a brand new study, a report actually, comes from a publication called The Daily Hodl, H-O-D-L. 
And it's reporting that there is a bank in Australia that is going to terminate cash transactions between January of 2024 and November of 2024. By the end of 2024, it's the uh, Macquarie Bank, M-A-C-Q-U-A-R-I-E, plans to eliminate all cash transactions, all checking transactions, and all phone payment services. They're shifting to a digital operation. Here's the, uh, the announcement from the bank. Between January 2024 and November 2024, we will be phasing out our cash and check services across all marquee banking and wealth management products, including, now check this out, including pension accounts and super accounts. We are also switching off our automated telephone banking service used to make payments over the phone. This means from November 2024 on, we will no longer offer cash or check services. This is a bank in Australia that has multiple locations. And oh, by the way, did I mention they have $250 billion, with a B, dollars in total assets. And none of them will be made available through cash. Instead, the bank says you'll be able to make payments digitally, a safer, quicker, and more convenient way to bank. Mockery customers who currently deposit and withdraw cash at affiliated National Australia Bank branches will also lose that option by November of 2024. Once the changes are rolled out, anyone who banks with Mockery and wants to withdraw cash will be relegated to the bank's ATMs, which will still allow customers to withdraw a maximum of $2,000 Australian per day. Customers can continue to withdraw cash from their transaction account via ATMs across Australia and overseas without fees. However, cash deposits and branch withdrawals will no longer be available. Isn't that amazing? And it's interesting, too, because you might think, well, maybe they're going cashless because they just don't have demand. Um, in 2020, 23% of all of Australia's banking transactions were still cash in person. By 2021, that had jumped to 27%. 27% of in-person transactions in Australia's banks in 2021 were because they were depositing cash or withdrawing cash. It's interesting because Australia's central bank found that fewer people are using cash but they did have to conclude that the option, quote, is still important for some people. Still important? Nearly three out of 10 of your customers in a $250 billion asset bank say they like to use cash and you're eliminating that? Holy moly. But let me tell you what's the most interesting thing about this to me and, and maybe to you as well. We'll take a break and we'll come back and take a, a look at this digital economy decision by one of the largest banks in Australia. Coming up next as the bottom line continues. Well, we have some good news from our friends at Preborn, and that is that we have a match in place that you 
got to take advantage of right now. I call it the 15 by the 15th campaign. Uh, an anonymous listener uh, who listens to the Bottom Line Show here in Southern California has put up a match for preborn. Uh, this listener has donated $15,000, which is the cost of one uh, ultrasound machine in a preborn clinic and said, hey, I'll put this up as a match. Let's get bother bottom line listeners involved to make donations, large or small. And once we get to another 15,000, then we can give the whole amount to preborn and get two uh, ultrasound machines in preborn clinics here in Southern California. So what do you say? We're a couple hundred dollars in on this match. I know there's a bottom line listener right now who can make a $500 or a $1,000 donation, maybe even a $2,500, knowing that it's A, tax deductible, and B, going to be matched dollar for dollar to get another ultrasound machine in that will save babies' lives. Call 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229, or you can make a donation online. It's really easy. When you go to kbrightradio.com or you can go to my website rogermarsh.com and click on the preborn banner there let's save lives through preborn fifteen thousand dollars by the 15th of october we can do this welcome back to the bottom line show i'm roger marsh it is everyone wednesday and we're still taking your calls for rabbi jason sobel's brand new book called secrets and signs and secrets of the messiah a fresh look at the miracles of jesus 800-227-5278 is the number to call we have not one not two not three not four but four uh, copies of that book that we're giving away right now and a copy or two of the book from our next guest coming up in the final half hour of the program today. Uh, we've been taking a look at the announcement uh, earlier this week by Australia Bank, uh, the Australian bank called Mockery Bank, M-A-C-Q-U-A-R-I-E. I'm assuming that's how it's pronounced. This is a bank that has more than $250 billion, with a B dollars in total assets. And they are soon, over the course of the next 12 months, going to eliminate all cash transactions at the bank. The only way you can get cash is to draw down on your account at an ATM, but you can't deposit cash. And there will be no cash handlings whatsoever at any of the bank branches, which, of course, then will eliminate bank branches because that'll save them all money. And I'm sure they're thinking this is just a great way to go ahead and do this and be efficient and you know manage cash flow, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's very interesting, though, because this report comes from the Daily HODL, H-O-D-L, News and Insight for the Digital Economy. I had to do some digging because I thought, HODL, what the heck? What does that mean? Do you know what H-O-D-L, I'd never heard this before. H-O-D-L is an acrostic, and it stands for Hold On for Dear Life. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Apparently, that is a phrase that is used quite often in the cryptocurrency and digital currency worlds because they're so unpredictable, they're so crazy. By the way, if you want to keep a handle on your investments, you have to call Dennis Wilson at Wilson Financial, 800-696-9970. He has a 13% account right now. If you got beat up over the past couple of years in an IRA or 401k and you're looking to regroup, how would you like to be able to take $100,000, put it into one of these accounts and know that by this time next year, you'll have $113,000? or $50,000, and you'll have uh, $56,500. Dennis can show you how this all works. It's all above board. There's no funny business. It's just a matter of digging deep and finding the alternatives. 800-696-9970 for that 13% account. And then the 6% CD alternative that's real estate-backed, the Real Estate Investment Trust alternative, that account has now risen to 7%. You put 100,000 or 200,000, half a million dollars in that account for three years. 
it's not liquid. I mean, you have to leave it there for three years, but you get a nice monthly dividend. They haven't missed a payment in how many years they've been doing this. Uh, you get a 7% return on your investment. So if you've got $100,000 in that, then you're going to get $7,000 in interest over the course of the next 12 months. And your 100000 stays perfectly safe. I mean, that's a guaranteed 7% return. Some places you say, oh yeah, we can give you four, we can give you five, but that will only guarantee for maybe six months, nine months, 12 months. This is 36 months that's guaranteed. 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or go to wilson-financial.com or kbrightradio.com and click on the Wilson Financial link because if you've got one of the largest banks in Australia announcing that by this time next year, they will be cashless. As the world gets stranger, you need a brother in Christ who understands the signs of the times, who's an internationally known Bible study leader, who has built hundreds of churches in West Africa. That's all in his spare time, in addition to running the Wilson Financial business. And when you make an investment there, as Dennis's company earns their respectable profit from that, um, a lot of that money is plowed back into these types of resourcing. So you owe it to yourself from a stewardship standpoint and from a Lord knows what's coming on next standpoint. Isn't it nice to know we don't have to look at our finances and quote unquote hold on for dear life? But we can be smart and we can be strategic. And Dennis Wilson can show you how. 800-696-9970. 800-696-9970. Or go to kbrightradio.com forward slash Wilson Financial today. For our KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. And Rabbi Schneider, Discovering the Jewish Jesus, is coming your way next. For those who remain on the network, what is it about having a family liturgy that can make the spiritual growth of your children and your family on the whole uh, so satisfying and rewarding. Uh, author and blogger Kayla Craig is going to join me to talk about prayers and invitations to nourish your soul and nurture your family throughout the year with a family liturgy. We'll get into that conversation coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Well, today here on The Bottom Line, we're going to talk about something that is, I think, more important than what we typically do with this in the church. Oftentimes, you know, September, October rolls around, it's fall, it's the kickoff, we're starting things up again. But many people understand that to be more a reflection of the calendar school year. But did you know there is a liturgical church calendar as well? And when we in the body of Christ follow it, it does something to our heart, it does something to our soul, and it really can strengthen our relationships and our families too. Kayla Craig is with me. She's a journalist. She's a mom. She has written a brand new book that just came out that is literally taking a lot of people. If you looked at the title, you might go, huh, I'm not... I didn't think I needed a book like this, but the book is called Every Season Sacred, Reflections, Prayers, and Invitations to Nourish Your Soul and Nurture Your Family Throughout the Year. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we'll be giving away a couple copies at the end of our conversation. But first, let's welcome Kayla Craig to The Bottom Line Show. Kayla, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today. It's interesting. You're the, let's get the, the easy part out of the way first. You're a pastor's <laughs> wife. You have four kids. Your life can be chaotic. Is that fairly? Absolutely. It's, right. you know, it's, it's chaos. Sometimes it's organized chaos. Sometimes it's very disorganized chaos. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not, but nonetheless, with your, between you and your husband working together, someone has to set some kind of tempo at home. Otherwise it's going to be fast food. Everything's by the seat of your pants and you really don't have a chance to nourish your own soul. You don't right. really take time or have time to tend to your own family because you're working this kind of crazy chaotic life. Are you meeting more and more moms, especially who are saying, 
your life is my life. I mean, we're, we're, we're on yes. the same page and we're singing yes. out of the same. I, I just talked to so many parents and caregivers that are in the thick of it, that are in the thick of life right now. And they have different schedules going on, whether they're raising toddlers or teens or anyone in between. <laughs> and just life is busy. Life is a lot. We have work expectations. We want to be involved in our communities and neighborhoods. We want to be intentional with our time with our kids, you know, but how do we do that right. uh, when we're exhausted at the end of the night? And I think that's where um, some of the heart of every season sacred really came to be. Mm -hmm. The book is up at thebottomlineshow.com, and you're going to benefit from it immediately, even if you are part of a liturgical church that goes through the church calendar, because you know, oh yeah, right around Thanksgiving, that's when we kind of we kind of kick off the year that way. How did you divide this up? I mean, you and your husband are currently in the Presbyterian tradition. Um, I'm sure that there are some things in your background, maybe that said, oh yeah, I remember that. I want to include that. You're taking this from more of a layman's perspective. So to, from, from the laity to the, uh, to the clergy here, help us understand how you put this book together. You know, we have we have so many seasons in our lives. We have faith seasons, right? In our own journeys and yeah. our walks with the yeah. Lord. We have seasons um, in the church calendar. So going into Advent and then we have Christmas and then Lent and Easter. So even if you're not familiar with the calendar, you kind of probably enter into some of those rhythms, maybe without even knowing it. And right. then for me, I live in the Midwest. We live in Iowa and we have four very distinct natural seasons. And so <laughs> as I was sitting and reflecting, I was just thinking of all of these different seasons I have in my own life, seasons of mothering, right? I'm not in the newborn season anymore. And now I'm getting into those middle years and the teen years. And, and so much of my life, I can look back and reflect as seasons. And so I wondered what would it look like if we counted every season sacred? Those ordinary mm. moments, those seemingly quiet, mundane moments of our actual lives. What about if God was with us all along? And what about if we had that mindset as we were going about our messy, complicated, sometimes chaotic lives? Mm -hmm. Boy, that's a good counsel from Kayla Craig today here on The Bottom Line. And she mentioned the title of her new book is Every Season Sacred, Reflec Reflections, Prayers, and Invitations to Nourish Your Soul and Nurture Your Family all throughout the year. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. How do we begin? I mean, I would imagine that reflection is kind of a good place for us to begin in prayer as well. But as you were setting up the fall season, for example, it looks like you've got this in, you know, to take us all the way through the year. So these are kind of weekly uh, overview uh, devotions, if you will that you've got this set up for how do how do you recommend that someone who says okay this sounds interesting but i'm not quite sure how to start doing it kayla craig how what's a good place for us to start with that's right well i kind of split it up into a scaffolding of four different seasons so whenever you get the book whatever season you're in you can flip to fall winter spring or summer and you're going to find a little chapter for each week of the year and it was really mm -hmm. important to me to resource the parent to resource the caregiver to resource the grandparent or the, the grown-up that's reading yeah. the book you know so I really wanted to create a space for them to just exhale for for one minute to mm -hmm. breathe and then there's a breath prayer for each mm -hmm. week of the year which is just a simple on an inhale and exhale really short like one line prayer mm -hmm. because we're honest sometimes we don't have a lot of margin in our lives and that might be what we need to borrow for for yeah. the day for the week and so there's resources for the parents and then there's resources for the whole 
family that go along with those themes for each week of the year. So you have open-ended questions. I kind of borrowed from my experience as a journalist, and I wanted to create questions that families could pick and choose from based mm -hmm. on who they are living life with, who their kids are, their developmental ages, stages, personalities, pick and choose a couple, talk with your family, start to create these intentional rhythms that don't have to be big. You don't have to have three hours of devotions every night. Though. Oh, that's good. <laughs> you know? That's a relief. Yeah. We have to do that. And then yeah. there are two versions of a prayer that you can share for each week. And so maybe on a Monday morning, you you read that prayer together. They're short. There's one that's kind of for younger ages or stages, simpler language. And then there's one that's a little more poetic. So might see a little more liturgical, uh, maybe for older people in your family, but they're mm -hmm. just chances to intentionally mark time and, and reset. And remember that God is with you, with your kids, with your community. And so there's just kind of this guide for each week of the year through the seasons, they're not dated. I don't want people to feel guilt or shame if they they haven't been caught up. It's mm -hmm. really open season, every season sacred. Find what works for you and kind of be on your way. I love that approach, that kind of a, flexid, a flexible, fluid approach to uh, what season of life you're in, regardless of what the calendar says. Kayla Craig is with me today here on The Bottom Line. The book, Every Season Sacred, Reflections, Prayers, and Invitations to Nourish Your Soul and Nurture Your Family Throughout the Year. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Help the, the grandparent who's listening to our conversation right now and says, I like this, but you know, my kids are doing and they're doing a great job raising our grandkids or they're doing an okay job of raising our grandkids or i wish they would give us the grandkids you know they, there's there's yeah. people in all different situations and seasons yeah. what's a good way to use this as a supplement when hey we're at grandma and grandpa's house and they've got this book too how how, yeah. how can we put that into practice you know, I love it. And I've been talking to a lot of people who are in that season of grandparenting. And a lot of people have shared with me, you know, particularly that their kids maybe are not approaching parenting the way they did, or they're not approaching faith the way that they wish, you know, that their kids would, or their grandkids would be raised in the faith. And I want this resource to be something that meets people where they are. So even if you have a grown adult um, son or daughter who's raising kids and maybe has walked away from faith a little bit. I kept those people in mind for the book that this would be a space where maybe they haven't found the right church home. Maybe they have had some hurt in their past, but that um, this is a book that they can turn to and they can still meet God, even in this middle transitional space that they're in that, um, yeah, that it would be a resource to them. And, and I hope that every season sacred is something that all families can have that grandparents can have in their home. Um, it kind of helps us have something to turn to instead of just asking, how's your day? Mm -hmm. or, did you mm -hmm. have a good day? Or yeah. how did the game go? You know, like mm -hmm. conversations to go just a little bit deeper. They, and they don't have to be deep, intense, theological Bible study questions, but they can just be connection questions. And so let me do some of that work for you. All you have to do is open the book. No, I think that's great. Well, the book is called Every Season Sacred by Kayla Craig. Reflections, prayers, and invitations to nourish your soul and nurture your family throughout the year. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. We'll take a quick break here. And when we come back, get into some of the practical side, maybe some of the examples that she's written about in here and, and how they play out and how they've played out in her home. Uh, more of my conversation with Kayla Craig in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. 
Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Kayla Craig is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. If you're watching on myhopenow.com, you can see a video of Kayla and me. And if you are just tuning into the radio side and you want to go watch the video side, well, you can multitask, I guess. This is kind of the world that we're living in. Her brand new book is called Every Season Sacred, Reflections, Prayers, and Invitations to Nourish Your Soul and Nurture Your Family Throughout the Year. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Kayla, you were telling me during the break that this is kind of a full circle move for you and your husband kind of coming back to Iowa after being in different parts and different places. And you worked as a journalist for a while. What, what led you to kind of step off the journalism path other than the fact that you have four kids at home, but I mean, right. where, what, I mean yeah, they may yeah. just been that practical. Is that That's right. Uh, well, we, I became a mother when we adopted our son, Joseph, and he mm. was one and he joined our family through international adoption. And so I knew that I wanted to intentionally spend time forming attachment with him mm -hmm. and just really connecting with him. So I started freelancing and then from freelancing, I started writing more online and that just kind of turned into me sharing more about my life online and sharing about my faith online. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, that led us to now where I get to have the great privilege and honor of being an author, of sharing prayers with others, of, of really journeying through this messy, wonderful life together. I love it. I love it. And also being on call for repairs when your century old home has that little leak in the roof or wherever, right? I mean, is that you That's guys? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. We live in a 115 year old former convent wow. so we moved back to wow. our hometown um, in Iowa in the middle of a pandemic, in the mm -hmm. middle of a blizzard. And sure. just felt like that was what God was calling us to do. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> oh my, I'm, just, I'm, only, I'm not laughing. I'm, I'm laughing with because how many times have we taken those steps of faith where God is very clear, this is where I want you to go. This is what I want you to do. And you're looking around saying, have you checked the weather, Lord? I mean, right? it's literally and figuratively, but. Yes, God, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, God bless you guys for answering that call though. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Hey, let's talk. Uh, there's a part of the book we were discussing during the break also about how to how to best, you know, most effectively use every every season sacred. And it involves families um, who are going through a certain season and saying, OK, yeah, these are great idea starters. These are good conversation starters. But right now we just got hit with majorly bad news. You know, someone in the family had a catastrophic illness or uh, someone wound up moving out of state, you know, whatever it is. And you're trying to process the grief or the loss or whatever it is. Talk about how this resource can actually help a family, not because it's just cookie cutter, well, say these verses and pray this prayer and everything will be fine, but rather you can kind of help to craft your family liturgy around the season you're in right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to be really intentional that in the back of every season sacred, you can flip to an index and find 
all sorts of things. So maybe you're in fall, but what your family is really walking through is something that I wrote about in winter. It's talking about grief or loss or illness or unmet expectations. So maybe that's where you need to turn to. Maybe you're in a season of winter, you know? And so I want this book to to work for you, to be a resource for you. And um, I really, really was intentional about trying to keep so many different situations and realities in mind and not turn Mm -hmm. away from the pain Mm -hmm. and also not turn away from the beauty and the wonder. So really make space for, you know, the complicated layers of our actual lives. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that is good and encouraging because too often, and I'm a generation or two ahead of you, but uh, when I was in your season of parenting with young kids at home and, you know, trying to make the family work and all that type of stuff, there were a lot of Christian, I'll put the air quotes up, how-to books that were basically, well, do this and your marriage will be fine. Do this and your kids will turn out great. Do this and your spiritual life will be amazing. And one of the things I appreciate about your book, Every Season Sacred, is you draw from historical Christianity and liturgical Christianity and faith, but you put it very practically, you know, literally the cookies on the bottom shelf where you can say, hey, wait a minute. I mean, this is this is important, but ultimately this is something that has to work for your family. You can talk about encouraging people to create a family liturgy that they uh, right. would follow through the year. Talk about why that is crucial for families. Yeah, things. well, you know, not only did I try to, you know, combine a whole year's worth of resources and encouragement and practical application, but I also pitched to my publisher, let's give families what they need for right now to, to create and integrate faithful rhythms into their actual lives. And so there is a whole back section of resources that I kept families in mind. So, you know, this book isn't about me or the prayers that I write. And I say that all the time. This is about you. This is about making these words your own. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, Mad Libs, I used to love those as a kid, but I actually, you know, was like, if you would like to start integrating your own family prayers and your own family liturgy, Mm -hmm. start with Mm -hmm. this. Get get a piece of paper, grab a pen and start writing these out. And here's some, some, you know, fill in the blanks to get you started, you know, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. there's all sorts of resources like that. And what might work for you in this season might be Mm -hmm. different than what it's going to be in another season of your family's life. Exactly. And you never know who's going to be watching. I mean, I remember those days as a young boy having uh, different friends and you'd have the sleepover at someone's house. And the next morning, you got a chance to kind of see what the liturgy of their day looked like, or perhaps Mm -hmm. that week or weekend. And it was always kind of fun to experience that. And I get the sense that Kayla, we oftentimes uh, we find ourselves a little more isolated uh, either because of a pandemic or just because that's we, we've become more solitary. I mean, in terms of the way your know, families kind of keep themselves and things like that. Talk about why this is a resource and why it's important where your family liturgy and you can compare it with other families, see what they're doing, maybe even do this in a group setting too, to kind of reach out and kind of, sharpen iron a little bit for lack of a better right. phrase. It, it has been such a gift as this book has entered into the world to hear that small groups are getting together and reading through it once a week together and then going back into their families and mm-hmm. having these conversations or praying together is it's such a gift to see the ways that God uses something um, that maybe I only was thinking about parents and grandparents and now we have groups you know integrating together their community with their family life. Mm-hmm. It's so it's so encouraging and so beautiful to see. And I can't wait to see what what God is doing. 
I think it's exciting. Kayla Craig is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. We're discussing her brand new book that's just out. It's called Every Season Sacred, Reflections, Prayers, and Invitations to Nourish Your Soul and Nurture Your Family Throughout the Year. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Okay, Kayla, I'm buying the book today. I'm going to get it in a week because I'm too cheap to pay for next day Amazon. Um, I don't want to mess up my Prime account that way. What, what would you say? To, now I'm calling you and saying, Kayla, I just got your book. How do how can I most effectively put short of just reading it and going through it and following the examples? How can I get the most out of this resource? Yeah, yeah. You know what? I would say try to get into a rhythm of there's maybe pick a certain time where you actually have a little bit of downtime. Maybe it's in the morning for some, on a Sunday evening for others, where mm -hmm. you just spend time with it and don't put tons of pressure on yourself, but just let yourself kind of breathe, you know, relax for a minute, spend mm -hmm. time with it. Yeah. And then throughout the week, have these questions, reflect on them yourself, start to integrate the scripture that was referenced, start to think about that, bring it into conversation. Like, you know, like I want this to, to be a resource where it, it almost starts to feel like a natural rhythm, mm -hmm. you know, unforced rhythms of grace that Jesus talks about. That's what I hope this offers. Well, and talk about the, you, you've used this word several times and I'm kind of akin to it because I have a brother who's a percussionist by trade. Um, you talk about the rhythms that people get into. And I don't think we realize, you know, it's Henry Cloud says in his boundaries book, he says, people spend so much time trying to focus and solve problems, but they don't look at the patterns that lead to the problems. Talk about those rhythms that we all have that maybe need to be broken up a little bit. Maybe they need to be simplified or maybe even uh, made more complex, but every family does have a rhythm when it comes to the way they do life or do faith or whatever that talk about why that's important. Yeah. You know, I think that we get into the way we do things and then we kind of don't think about it anymore. It's just the way we do it. Right. It's just the way that it's always been done. And so I would love for my family and for your family to, to consider getting curious about reframing that idea and thinking, mm -hmm. what if these parts of our lives are sacred. What if this is just as holy in our living room, in the kitchen, as it is when we go to church on Sunday morning? You know, what if that knowledge that, that Jesus is with us through all of this could affect how we live our lives, the choices mm -hmm. we make, mm -hmm. you yeah. know, how we spend our time, where we invest our resources. And so I hope that every season sacred is an invitation to get curious about that together alongside yeah. your. Well, we, we hope so as well. And we hope and pray that uh, uh, the book continues to succeed as well as it has. Kayla Craig has been my guest today here on the bottom line. Her brand new book is called every season sacred reflections, prayers, and invitations to nourish your soul and nurture your family throughout the year. We have a link for the book up at the bottom line show.com. Uh, Kayla, thank you for your time today for, uh, for putting this work together. And we'll be praying extra measure of prayers for you and your family as you get ready to endure that Iowa winter that is right That's around right. the corner for we will you. Take every single prayer for that. <laughs> well, thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. Thank you. Well, a delightful conversation indeed. And I love that conversation, as I mentioned, about uh, especially as it pertains to the sacred rhythms of the day. Kayla Craig has been my guest, and her book is called Every Season Sacred, Reflections, Prayers, and Invitations to Nourish Your Soul and Nurture Your Family All Throughout the Year. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we do have a copy of the book that we're giving away right now. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. 
800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Nothing but five-star ratings for this one on the uh, online uh, purchasing places. Uh, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. On the other side of this break, I want to talk about that family liturgy that uh, Kayla and I were discussing. Get into it a little more pastorally. Uh, from this perspective here, especially as we're getting into a time of year where it could get really busy and many people could just kind of hope and pray they can make it through Reformation Day, Thanksgiving, and Christmas, and then survive until Easter. How could we be more intentional about a family liturgy, uh, especially if your church may or may not follow the same type of church calendar? We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. Preborn is saving lives by doing what the left doesn't want you to know about. Progressives don't want you to know that a baby, once conceived in the womb, is a human being. And the proof that we have is four-dimensional ultrasound technology that you can get for free at Preborn. The reason Preborn can offer these ultrasound appointments is because people like you make donations and uh, they're tax deductible, and they provide not only the necessary appointments for the expected moms, but also making large donations that will provide ultrasound machines for each of these organizations as well. 833-850-BABY is the number to call. It's really easy to remember. 833-850-BABY, or if you want to do the numbers, it's 833-850-2229. Your $28 donation right now will save one baby's life. Uh, $140 donation does five, 280 does 10. You can also give a recurring monthly gift like Lisa and I do, maybe $28 a month or $56 a month, $100 a month, whatever you and God decide. Make your best donation today and please know it's completely tax deductible and every dollar you donate to Preborn goes to the ultrasounds. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229 or go online to kbrightradio.com and click the Preborn banner today. My thanks again to Kayla Craig, award-winning journalist and author of a brand new book uh, that is, is beneficial for this time of year especially. It's called Every Season Sacred, Reflections, Prayers, and Invitations to Nourish Your Soul and Nurture Your Family Throughout the Year. We do have a copy of this book to give away, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. You know, it's interesting because life is such a mess. I mean, there's just so many things going on. It can be very chaotic. And yet we're moving into a time of year that can be very grounding. Um, you know, people think about the holiday season. Thanksgiving's a good time for, uh, you know, us to kind of get together, reconvene as a family, uh, show our love and appreciation for each other. Uh, the Christmas, of course, it's a wonderful time, the most wonderful time of the year. But having spent half my life in a Lutheran tradition church, I have really come to appreciate uh, the liturgy and the liturgical year, uh, which you may or may not be aware of if you didn't grow up in this tradition. If you did, uh, there's some kind of comfort and stability, but if you did not, uh, let me uh, just kind of walk you through it. It actually starts on or about Thanksgiving weekend. Depends on where the holiday falls. If, you know, November, like in this case, uh, Thanksgiving's a little early. I think it's November the 23rd or something like that. But right around there, you have the final year, uh, Sunday of the year, Christ the King Sunday, and then you get into the Advent season. And the Advent season, those four weeks leading up to Christmas, uh, even when Christmas is on a Sunday, Advent kind of rolls in that direction. And, and we think about the Advent of Christmas and what it means to us as, as believers. It means two things. It means that we're anticipating the Lord's birth, which we know is going to happen. 
and we celebrate and commemorate that. But it's also time to celebrate the Lord's return as well. You know, um, it's interesting when you hear sing a song like Joy to the World, which we uh, oftentimes, you know, we'll sing it uh, at Christmas time. Joy to the world, let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. He rules the world with truth. The song, the song of victory is a song of triumph. It's a song of his return. And then we get into uh, the, the season of Lent eventually after we go through uh, a few seasons, uh, a few weeks right after Christmas. And then the uh, Lenten season, of course, the 40 days leading up to Easter and Holy Week. And then we're into Epiphany and then we go on from there. But it's interesting to see how having that liturgy, having the different colors, you know, that we associate with each of those, you know, we'll get into, uh, you know, blue for Advent, and we've got the, uh, you know, the red for the Holy Week, and it just, it kind of moves on from there. But having that kind of basis is so, I, I found it to be very helpful to kind of know where we are in the story. I know there are some people that say, oh yeah, you know, like the Greek Orthodox Church, they do the same service every week, and it's kind of boring. But you know, the, the older I get, and the crazier the world gets. And if you don't think the world is getting crazy, go back in the archives and listen to uh, my thoughts on the uh, bank in Australia that's going cashless by this time next year. $250 billion in assets, and they are eliminating all cash transactions by November of 2024. Um, as the world gets crazier and the Lord's return becomes more imminent, we need to cling to these traditions and hold fast to the reason why we do what we do. It's not just some kind of joy ride where we kind of make things up and then Jesus shows up and takes us home. We could be a lot more intentional. God was very purposeful and intentional about showing you his love for you by sending his son Jesus Christ to come and pay the penalty for your sin. You and I can both be intentional about the way we live our lives and the way we do honor and worship and bring glory to him in everything we do. That is the good news and that's the bottom line.